Let's turn our Bibles this morning to the sixth chapter of 2 Kings. We, we find in that chapter just a simple story from the life of the prophet Elisha. A simple story of failing forward. Be, before we consider that story, uh, let's pray. Dear, dear Father, help me as I bring forth this message today. And God, I pray that you will speak through me to each of us. There are times when all of us fail. And so, Lord, speak to us and help us to turn our failures into success in, in your name. And in that name we pray today, in the powerful name of Jesus, amen. In life, all of us are going to fail. That There will be times, matter of fact, there has been times, hadn't there, many times, when, when we have failed our family our friends, ourselves, and even God. However, it is what we do with these failures that makes a difference. Will we let our failures, failures discourage us and defeat us, or will we move beyond our failures in faith? Mark Twain once said, if a cat sits on a hot stove, that cat won't sit on a hot stove again. That cat won't sit on a cold stove either. That cat won't sit on stoves, period. It just won't like stoves. And we can do the same thing when it comes to our failures. We can try to do something, and when we fail at it, we will never, ever try again. It is so easy when we fall down to lose heart and to not get back up again. It's so easy to let our failures discourage us. Our People, we can make a better choice. We can move beyond our failures in faith. I remember reading some time ago the story of an Olympic champion, Wilma Rudolph. Wilma suffered from polio as a child. Polio left her with a crooked left leg. She wore metal braces and had all kinds of treatments for over six years. At age 11, through sheer Diligence and determination. She forced herself to walk without braces for the first time. Her older sister was a good runner, and at age 12, Wilma started to think about running herself. She talked to her coach and asked if he would spend some special time helping her run. He said that he would, and in two years, she outran every other girl in her high school at Clarksville, Tennessee. Two years later, in 1956, she ran in the Olympics in Melbourne, Australia, and won a bronze medal. Four years later, in 1960, in Rome, she was ready. She had paid the price, and she won, and she won big. She won the 100-meter dash. She, she won the 200-meter dash, plus she anchored the U.S. relay team, winning a total of three gold medals. Wilma Rudolph reach for the gold. And that's what we need to do when we fail. We, we need to get up and get running again. We, we need to reach for the gold. We need to reach for the G-O-A-L as well, the gold. Another Olympic champion, this one from Champaign area, Mary Lou Ritten was the winner of several gold medals at the 1984 Olympics. She said this following her victory. She said achieving that gold was, was a good feeling. 
But to get there, I also had to get through all the failures. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning, getting through all the failures. We've got to be able to pick ourselves up and continue on after we fail. It's just a fact that no man or no woman will ever achieve anything great for God without some certain setbacks along the way. You, you can't have success without some failures. And so today's question is, how can we fail forward? How, how can we turn our failures into successes? For the answer to those questions, let's look at this Old Testament story, 2 Kings 6. Uh, again, it is a simple story about the prophet Elisha who followed the great prophet Elijah. Remember how Elisha had seen God take Elijah up into heaven in a fiery chariot. And then Elijah, according to the Spirit, received a double portion of Elijah's spirit. And, and because he was such a powerful prophet, all the young preachers, all the young prophets were following him around, wanting to learn from him. And so he started a prophet school, like a Bible college. But, but his school grew so much that they needed more space. They, they needed to build. And that's where we pick up today's story, 2 Kings 6, verses 1 through 7. It says, The company of the prophets said, said to Elijah, Look, the place where we meet with you is too small for us. Let us go to the Jordan, where each of us can get a pole, and let us build a place there for us to live. And he said, go. Then one of them said, won't you please come with your servants? I will, Elisha replied, and he went with them. They went to the Jordan and began to cut down trees. As one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. Oh, my Lord, he, he cried out. It was borrowed. The man of God asked, where did it fall? And when he showed him the place, Elijah cut a stick and threw it there and made the iron float. Lift it out, he said. Then the man reached out with his hand and took it. From this story, this unbelievable story, I believe that we can learn four principles for failing forward. Four principles for turning our failures into successes. Principle number one, admit you have a problem. While one of the uh, young prophets is cutting down a tree, according to the story, his axe head comes off, it lands in the Jordan River, and he immediately cries out that he's lost his axe head, and he cries out, it's borrowed! <laughs> I mean, he's got a problem here. Remember in the movie Apollo 13, when the yellow warning light crew alert comes on in the spacecraft, Astronaut Jack Swigard immediately calls down to mission control and says, Houston, we have a problem. And the first principle for turning our failures into successes is to admit that we have a problem. And yet sometimes instead of admitting that we have a problem, we begin to make excuses for the problem. John Maxwell suggests the following formula for failure. He says, people fail in direct proportion to their willingness to accept excuses for their failures. 
Along that same line, George Washington Carver said 99% of failures come from people who have a habit of making excuses. And then one more quotation about excuses. It says a man can fail many times, but he isn't a failure until he begins to blame others for his failures. See, we would just be better off if we simply admit that we have a problem. That's the first principle for turning our failures into successes, and that is to admit that we have a problem. Principle number two, go back to where the problem started. When Elijah heard that the young prophet had lost his axe, he asked him, where, where, did, where did it fall? And the, and the young man showed him exactly the place where the axe head fell in. And so he took him to that place. He took him to the place where the problem began. And, and that's what we need to do. We, we need to take a close look at where the problem began. It, it, it can be a painful process, but it helps us turn our failures into successes when we go back and analyze the root cause of the failure. Now, one of the places that problems start is with wrong priorities. In Luke 10, when, when Jesus came to visit in the home of Mary and Martha, Martha was distracted with all the preparations that she thought needed to be made for this special guest. But, but the Lord said to her in verses 41 and 42, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. The Life Application Bible makes this observation about these verses. It says, Jesus did not blame Martha for being concerned about the household chores. He, he was only asking her to set priorities. It is possible for service to Christ to, to denigrate into mere busy work that is no longer full of devotion to God. Now, it is just as important for us to set proper priorities. For wrong priorities, or maybe no priorities, can lead us down the wrong path. And let's face it, many of our problems arise because we've had misplaced priorities. I mean, we've all made some poor choices. And poor choices lead to problems. Wrong priorities create problems. Uh, another place where problems begin... It is with wrong attitudes. When we have a setback in our lives, what, what undermines us is not so much the problem, but how we respond to the problem, our attitude. Hebrews 12, verse 15 tells us, See to it that no one misses the grace of God, and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Here's how the contemporary Bible, the message Translates that verse, it says, keep a sharp eye out for weeds of bitter discontent. A thistle or two gone to seed can ruin a whole garden in no time. In, in other words, watch your attitudes. For an attitude problem can trip us up just as we're about to make progress in, in our lives. Of course, the good news about attitudes is that we can choose them. We decide whether an attitude will, will discourage us 
or challenge us. We, we decide whether life's difficulties will make us bitter or make us better. The Hebrew writer is telling us, don't let bitterness and discouragement take root in your heart. Sure, there will be times when we will be angry. Times we'll get upset about the problem that we have. And that would be a wrong attitude. But we need to be careful that we don't let that wrong attitude get root in us. Or it will cause all kinds of problems. It is a choice that we make. We can't always choose our circumstances. But we can choose how we'll respond to those circumstances. So we need to go back and analyze where the problem started. We need to ask ourselves these questions here. Is there something wrong with my priorities? Is there something wrong with my attitudes? Principle number three, expect God to work. When the prophet prophet Elisha asked where the axe head fell, the young preacher boy showed him where it had fallen. And it says that Elisha, I mean, he just cut a, a stick and threw it there. He threw it there and he made the iron float. The prophet expected God to work and help him retrieve the axe head. And God did work. And in like manner, we need to expect God to work in our lives. We need to expect God to work in our failures. And people, he will work. It's interesting that Elisha used a piece of wood. Remember in Exodus when Moses brought the children of Israel to the bitter waters of Marah. God said, Moses, put a tree in there. Put wood in there. And when he did that, the waters were sweetened so that the Israelites could drink. As I thought about that, I thought about how wood can make a difference in our lives too. See, the cross of Christ can make a difference in turning our failure into success. There's a song in our hymnals that we don't sing very often But it is a beautiful old hymn about the cross. In the cross of Christ, I glory. And and the song begins with these words. In the cross of Christ, I glory, towering o'er the wrecks of time. Those words give us a picture of a cross over a junkyard. A junkyard of all kinds of emotional, physical, spiritual, and financial wrecks of time below. And yet amid all of these failures, because of the cross, there is peace and joy, forgiveness and blessing. The blood of Jesus can forgive us from all of our past failures. 1 John 1, 7 says, If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ purifies us from all sin. The Lord can work in our lives as he worked in the life of Elisha. He can forgive our past failures, and he can help us start over again with a renewed faith. Can you imagine how that young prophet must have felt when the axe head floated to the surface? No doubt he went away from that experience with a greater faith in God than ever before. You know what all of these men 
have in common. Abraham, Jacob, Moses, David, the the apostle Peter. All of these men failed. And failed big. Every one of them fell short of the expectations that God had for their life. Abraham lied. Jacob, too, was deceitful. Moses killed an Egyptian. David committed adultery. And and, and Peter denied the Lord. All of them failed God desperately. And yet God used every one of them. These are all men of faith. See, the Lord took their imperfect lives and molded them into great men of faith. And the Lord can take our imperfect lives and mold us into men and women of faith. Expect God to work. When when we fail, expect him to forgive us. Expect him to help us start all over again with a renewed faith. The great missionary to China, J. Hudson Taylor once said, I have failed, I am failing, I will fail, but Jesus never fails. That brings us to principle number four, move ahead in faith. Did you notice that after the iron begins to float, that Elijah tells the man who lost it, lift it out. And the young man reached out, And he took it. God had worked and now it was time for this young prophet to get back to work. The Apostle Paul often compared the Christian life to running the race. And sometimes in running the race, we are going to fall. But the question again is, will we get up and start running again? Someone has said... Falling down doesn't make you a failure, but staying down does. Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 3, these verses really encourage us onward. What a powerful picture. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I want you to imagine this morning that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, We are surrounded by people of faith who have gone on before us. And I can hear Abraham shouting from the stands, hang in there. I fell, but I got up running again. We can hear David shouting, I failed, but God forgave me, and so keep on running. We can hear Peter yelling the loudest, I denied the Lord, but he loved me. Go for the gold. Through faith in Christ, there can be victory amidst the problems and failures of life. All these men failed, but they did not let their failures keep them down. And we must not let our failures keep us down either. 
It's been said success comes in cans, failures comes in cans. Let, let me read that again. Success comes in cans, failures comes in cans. And so what will be, Christians? Will we move ahead in faith? Will we say along with the Apostle Paul, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me? Or will we get down in discouragement? I'd like to close with something that Robert Schuller wrote in his book, You Can Become the Person You Want to Be. He said, failure doesn't mean you've accomplished nothing. It means that you have learned something. Failure doesn't mean you have been a fool. It means you've had a lot of faith. Failure doesn't mean you've been disgraced. It does mean you're willing to try. Failure doesn't mean you don't have it. It does mean you have to do something in a different way. Failure doesn't mean that you are inferior. It does mean you're not perfect. Failure doesn't mean you've wasted your life. It does mean you have reason to start afresh. Failure doesn't mean you should give up. It does mean you must try harder. Failure doesn't mean you'll never make it. It does mean it will take longer. Failure doesn't mean God has abandoned you. It does mean God has a better idea. This morning, we've learned four principles of failing forward. Four principles of turning our failures into success. Admit you have a problem. Go go back to where the problem started. Analyze the, the reason for the problem. Number three, expect God to work. And the last one, move ahead in faith. And those kind of go along with our practical applications this morning. I mean, what do we need to do as a result of this morning's message? Let let me suggest three things. Number one, recognize that all of us are going to fail. It's what you do about your failures that make the difference. It's not the failure. It's what you do about the failure that makes the difference. Number two, when you fail, admit that you have a problem, and with God's help, analyze the root cause of the problem. What do you need to learn from the failure? Is there something wrong with your priority, something wrong with your attitude? Analyze that. And then last of all, ask God to forgive you for the failure and to help you move forward in faith. I believe God wants to work in our lives today just like he worked in the lives of this young prophet in the life of the great prophet Elisha. Let let me pray. Dear, Dear Father, I do pray your blessing upon each person who's listening today. I I thank you again for your word that teaches us. And I thank you for this simple story. And God, I I pray that you'd just help us. I, I pray that you would help us in our failures to know success. God, to help us get up again when we fall and to move forward in faith. You have a task before us. You have a goal that you want us to reach. And God, I pray that you'll ever move us forward towards that goal. 
I pray that for our congregation. I pray that for every one of our members, and I pray that for everyone who's listening today. We all fail. But God, you only use imperfect people because that's all there are but imperfect people except your son. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. We want to thank you again for listening this morning. We're always glad to share with you each week on the radio. We'd also invite you to come and share with us in person. We're meeting on Sunday mornings. Uh, at, at 10.30 for our worship celebration. We'd be glad to have you any week. But if you don't come, uh, we, we encourage you to listen and share with us every week. You guys have a great week. We'll, we'll look forward to sharing with you one way or another uh, next Sunday.